Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Danica Sanchez is the passionate owner of Baby Steps Concierge Nursing. Throughout her life, Danica has been on a quest to discover her true calling. I think, haven't we all? Driven by her entrepreneurial spirit and a deep desire to help others, particularly babies. Her journey has taken her through various roles, from chairing large not-for-profit events to exploring marketing, financial planning, and even running her own bakery while pursuing nursing school. While some may have viewed her as a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none, Danica now realises that each experience has played a vital role in shaping her path. Today, she has found her true passion, which lies in assisting parents to confidently care for their newborns, especially those who lack a robust support system nearby. As a seasoned nurse and dedicated educator, she gets immense joy from teaching and supporting others with a special love for nurturing and caring for babies. With Baby Steps Concierge Nursing, Danica is fulfilling her purpose and making a significant impact on the lives of new parents and their little ones. When she isn't lending her expertise to new parents, you might find her exploring new ways to contribute to her community or spend quality time with her own loved ones. Her journey of self-discovery and unwavering determination has led her to the perfect place where her passion for teaching, assisting others and loving babies converge harmoniously. This is The Strong single and human podcast. Hi, Danica. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Claire. I'm happy to be here. Yes. No, I'm can't wait to hear your story. Um and what you do, right? And and tell people about what you do. So so let's get straight to that then, right? Tell us about you and who you are and then tell us how you came to basically recognize a gap in the market that wasn't being filled. People weren't being helped. Yep. Love it. So I am, I've always been, I think, entrepreneur at heart. I was that kid that had the lemonade stands. I tried to, you know, I had a swim club in my backyard and we had snacks and like, I was always playing school and business and all these things. So I have been, um, I call it a jack of all trades, master of none. I have done a little bit of everything in my life, trying to find my passion. You know, they keep talking about, you have to find your passion. I love everything. So I thought everything was my passion, but that's not how that works. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, when my kids got older, I have two kids, they are, um, adults now. 
So when they got old enough, it was time for me to actually figure out what my passion was and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And so what I did, I, I sat down with a piece of paper. I literally, I'm a list maker. So sat down with a piece of paper and said, what are the qualities in my dream job? Like, what are the things that I really want in a job? Wow. I wanted to work okay. with babies. I love babies. I wanted to help people. I wanted to wear comfy clothes, right? Scrubs are comfy. I that's, awesome. that's an awesome, I mean, that's an awesome thing on your list to have. I mean, that's fair it's enough. a dream. It's a dream job. Let's put all the things. Yeah. Um, I wanted flexible hours. I wanted to make decent money. I wanted to not have to go to school for 10 more years, you know, all these things. So nursing really, oh, I, I like to solve puzzles and critical think and do that kind of stuff. So nursing hit all of those, basically hit all of those things. Scrubs are comfy. So yeah. went back to school at age 40. They look comfy. They look like jars. They are. They are. Basically, they are. They're super comfy. Um, and the more pockets, the better. I love pockets. So went back to school at age 40, uh, finished up a couple classes I had to take to get into nursing school, went to nursing school and, uh, yeah, became a nurse in my forties. Um, I, like I said, love babies. That was a big part of my list of what I wanted to do. So I went to nursing school to work in the NICU, which is with the babies that are born early or have issues when they're born, breathing issues and that kind of stuff. Did that for four years. And then just to expand my horizons a little bit, went up to postpartum, which is, I say up because in our hospital, it's one floor yeah. up, but went over to postpartum. And that's where moms and babies go after the baby's born and before they go home. And that is where I noticed this big gap, right? So my passion is babies. My passion is education. I love the educational component of everything, but these poor parents are not in the hospital very long after having a baby anymore. You're there for no. 24 hours, Chatham maybe 48. Yeah. If you had a C-section, 48. Yeah. And they don't remember anything from the first half of the state anyway, because <laughs> they're what? sleep deprived. They haven't eaten for 12 hours. They just push a human out. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. Um, and they were terrified. They, especially the first time parents were like, can you just come home with us, please? Because we don't know what we're doing. We don't feel qualified to do this. And we're stressing out. And as a nurse in the hospital, I can't go home with you. But if I started a business, then I absolutely can meet you at home and uh, help you out. So that's that's how it came to be. So Baby Steps is the name of my company. And uh, that's what we do. We will come to your home after you get home from the hospital and help you figure it out. That's, I mean, essentially, yeah, figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> and um, I have to say, like, well... I, you don't, I don't, I did some, some, I was really lazy, I suppose, because I was an older mum, and I was just like, yeah, I'll be all right. I'll figure it out when he comes. I didn't, oh, I did know he was a he, that was, I figure it out when he comes, but I did do some classes and you, you don't, when you've got a creature, a little boy in front of you, waggling his arms and legs around while you're trying mm -hmm. to change his change his nappy <laughs> or um, bath him. Oh my God, bathing's horrendous. They're so slippery. Those little <laughs> those little creatures, right? Slippery and um, oh, and you just don't want to like you don't want to hurt them, and they're having a whale of a time. But and it's great watching them. But oh yeah, no, it's and I well, and I have to agree with you, right? I went for all of that, yeah. going, oh my God. This is full on, right? And yeah. um, and I didn't think I liked the baby stage, but mm. actually, he's now seven, going on eight, right? 
And yeah. I actually want to go back to that stage because that was once it's nice. over, you're like, oh man, oh, that yeah. was great. Yeah. Well, I so I even had I was helping a couple um last week, and she had been a nanny, he had been a caregiver, like for most of their lives. They're like, We've loved kids, this is our first one, but we are ready. We took the classes, we read the books, we're caregivers, we got this. They literally were calling me every 15 minutes. Oh my <laughs> like, god. Can you help us swaddle the baby? Did we do this right? Did we do this right? What about this? When are we going to do this? And I was like, oh my God. And I'm, which is normal, but I'm like, don't come at me like you know what you're doing and then call me every 15 minutes. But that's the thing. Once the baby comes, you you have no idea what it's actually going to be like until they come. And know, like you said, they're, they're slippery lovely, when they're wet. They won't sit lovely. Still silver lined <laughs> cloud of fluffiness that you think it's yes. going to be great and they're yep. going to do everything that you want and they'll go to sleep yep. when they need to and breastfeeding will yeah. be easy yeah. oh my god yeah. breastfeeding is oh yeah no it's, like, it's all a lie it's all a don't lie. get me wrong I loved breastfeeding I breastfed yeah. my son for a year but oh, wow. oh my hard. god it hurts, right? Yeah. Like nobody tells you that it hurts, and everyone's going, "No, mm-hmm. just latch him." I thought he just could <laughs> latch him on himself, right? He's a baby; yeah. he needs food. <laughs> Surely he knows what he's doing, right? No, right. no, they're like, no, no, no. You have to show him. You have to teach him. You have to like flip your bits in his yeah. mouth, and like, and he's not going right. to suckle. And oh my god, it was so technical. Yeah. So, it is. Yeah. It is. It's it, so it technical. Is. It's the first and then once you get it, once, yeah. once you get it, it's like riding a bike. It, and it literally right. is like riding a bike because when you first yes. ride a bike, you're all over the place and like you yeah. don't really do it quite well and turning corners is not great. And yeah. then and then once you've done it, you're like, this is a breeze. Why did I even find this hard? <laughs> and it's the same with breastfeeding, right? But um, but it does bloody hurt. And some people can't do it. And that's exactly. okay. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah. I tell, I tell all my parents, listen, the biggest lie TV ever told us is that breastfeeding is easy. It is not easy. It's going to take you time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take practice. And, you know, and usually you're trying to breastfeed your baby like an hour after they're born. I'm like, listen, this baby's only been on earth for one hour. You've only been a mother for one hour. I don't expect you to know how to do it. But TV has told you, like you said, the baby will know what he's doing. Just put yeah. the baby near your boob and they'll figure it out. No. Oh yeah, my it doesn't God. work that way. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, like, and I thought, well, it, well, it works in nature, right? They just pop out <laughs> and on they go, right? Yes. So I'm thinking this might be what happens with me. No. Yes. Oh, my God. No. And if I wanted that baby to sleep more than mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You sleep for one cycle. And then I spent three hours or whatever trying to sleep, get him to sleep for another cycle. Right. When he yes. could have been up playing. Oh, don't even go there. Right. <laughs> God love him. Which is one of the reasons I hated the baby stage. And now I want to go back there. Cause I actually know what I'm doing, but I'm too right. old to go back there. I'm not sure. Right. I and that's, want to go back there. so that's really what our goal is to help you enjoy that baby stage the first time around you know, to realize that even though it's going to be hard, it can be enjoyable and it can be, it's going to be a little stressful and you're going to have a little anxiety, but let's, let's get you to a place where you can actually enjoy it a little bit. And you're not so stressed out that you, it just flies by. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, where, wait, where'd the baby go? Like (laughs) I had a baby and now they're an adult, you know? Um, but to be able to enjoy it a little bit. It does. Yeah. It does. So, okay, but I'm going to ask you this question, right? Yeah. 
what is so different nowadays? And I'm wondering if it's the information, all the information and social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, well, and I'm sure if I spoke to my mum about this, my mum would go, what? I had still had all the same issues that you had, right? But it seemed as though things were easier when I was a kid and when right. my mum was a kid. Why, why have we made it so complex? Why isn't it like, and they had totally nappies, right? They had to boil them in blooming <laughs> and stuff, right? Blah. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, like, don't even go there. They were hanging out on the washing line. But, like, why is it so hard now? Why do we need people like you guys? So I'm going to challenge that it was easier. Everyone tells us everything was easier back then, but no one talked about anything back then. So our moms were struggling in silence. Our moms were doing the stuff, hating it, worrying if they were doing it right, stressing out about it, but keeping quiet about it because no one talked about it. That's one of my theories. Um, The other theory I have is um, social media, obviously, is playing a part in everything nowadays. So, um, so many more issues are being talked about it, which is great for the most part. But then now we're all panicked. Like, what if my kid doesn't look like a model all the time? (laughs) What if my baby, if people like want all the best stuff, when really we should be focusing more on the things we're doing with them, not the things we're giving to them. Yeah. Um, but also we know so much more, right? When you know more, you need to do better. We know so much more now about the development of the babies and what we can do to foster that and support those babies a little better than we kind of knew, you know, back when we were little. Um, I also, you know, my mom, my mom said the same thing when I started this business. She's like, I did it by myself. Why would anyone need you? And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I love your mom. There's nothing like there's nothing like supporting your kids. Right. But I think But that's okay because people ask these questions, right? Why do yeah? So in a way, she was challenging you to get to your benefit that you need to tell people. And it's fine. And there are people out there that won't need my services. That's completely fine. If you have your village of people, if you have family that lives next door, or you have friends down the street, or you have people around that can help you, you might not need someone like us. But if you don't, or if you aren't comfortable talking to those people, or um, you're just not one of those parents that really is looking forward to having a little baby at home and it stresses you out, that's what we're here for. And I told my mom, I'm like, okay, well, you did it and you did great because I turned out well. So you obviously did something, right? Um, But how stressed were you? How overwhelmed were you? You know, how would it have been nicer to have someone show you how to do things in a less stressful way? in a way that would make you calmer and the baby calmer and just make the process a little more fun or simple or enjoyable, you know, enjoyable, I guess is what we're coming to. Yeah. And look, um, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Um, We're so much more of a um, spread out, for want of a better phrase because mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. very good at phrases on a Friday morning <laughs> but like um it's been a long week um but like we're so um spread out all over the world right and like I live in Australia my family mm-hmm. aunts uncles cousins mum and dad brother family grandparents mm-hmm. are all in the mm-hmm. UK right so mm-hmm. I have no like I have no one here admittedly my mm-hmm. ex-partner um family is here 
but they live mm-hmm. four hours away because I live in Australia, mm-hmm. right? And it's a blooming right. big place, right? And even Very though we're in, even though we're in, still in the same state, they're four mm-hmm. hours away. I can't knit brand and mm-hmm. go, hey, can you help me? My child's got green poo, and I don't know whether it's right. I should take him to hospital or whether you know, like right. when he was a baby. I mean, I'm taking right. photos of yeah. his poo. Yeah, and comparing it <laughs> with what was on Google, right? I mean, God love Google, you know but oh my Use God, is this a way to live? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm going green poo. Does this mean something really bad? I don't know, but yeah. um, but also, I like. Do you find? Do you find with new mums, um, and and uh, and I'm also like putting it out there because I know this is a single parents website uh, podcast, right? But there's sometimes where we get single parents who have gone through a bereavement and been pregnant and gone through a bereavement and they're having to do mm-hmm. it on their own. Or yes. um, we we find that some people have gone and had kid number one with their ex-partner and then they want to go and have child number two, but they don't want an actual partner and therefore they go and get sperm donation or whatever. And mm-hmm. so they're going through bringing a child up on their own right so right. if right. you find that with social media and all of that sort of thing that it's had a big impact on our new parents as such yes it has in in good ways and in bad i i'm okay i'm not saying all social media is bad i think there's some great benefits to it as well uh, so but what I good was ways working... then? Let's go. Let's go in the good ways. I want to do positive because okay. it's Friday, <laughs> and um, I'm already feeling like I need a wine, and I've not even started my day yet. Oh well, I, I'm okay yeah. with it. Go ahead, you can have. Oh a no, God no! Ones. You don't want me on wine, not on here. <laughs> Jesus, I've got to make it through the day. <laughs> okay, so the good parts of social media is um, is having an audience out there that you didn't know about that knows what you're going through, right? So you could be a single parent that either lost your partner or never had one to start with. Maybe you're just going through surrogacy or like you said, IVF or something on your own. In the past, that seemed like such a small population that you wouldn't necessarily have someone else, even in your own town that was going through that same thing, let let alone someone that you could talk to. Social media now has given those place those people a forum and a place that they can talk about it. So I there's a couple of people I follow on social media that have had um, traumatic births. I never had a traumatic birth myself, but through following this person on social media, what it does number one is gives voice to the people that have gone through traumatic birth, but it also helped people like me be able to talk to those people and. Um, be able to empathize with those people and have better conversations with them so that if I do come across someone who's had a traumatic birth, I'm not contributing to their trauma by dismissing them or by glossing over it or, you know, whatever, but I can be an empathetic ear and I can, I can help them hopefully get through whatever they're going through. Or if you've had a trauma in the past and now you have a healthy child, there's, that doesn't mean the trauma went away. You still have the trauma. So and and it can manifest itself in your interactions with your your new baby. So I think social media has been really good for that in giving a platform to to people to realize that they are not alone. They are not the only person going through this. And here are some of the other people maybe you can talk to. Here are some ideas maybe you can implement in how to get through this. 
Um, you know, there's more, just more resources, I guess, more resources that way, I think is great. Yeah. Um, the, the flip side of that, well, I'm going to go negative just for one sec is no, okay. Go negative, go negative. Cause there is a flip side. Me. There's a flip side to everything, isn't there? Right. So, right. You know. And, and so the flip side is too much information. So I had a client who was panicking before her kid even was born because she's like, okay, do I need the special bathtub and the special booger sucker and the car seat that turns into a stroller and the, and I was like, Whoa. And I'm like, no, you don't actually, you know, <laughs> like you can buy the $10 bathtub from target. It's fine. Um, but she just was so overwhelmed because of social media and it's, it's yeah. getting caught up in the, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know if you guys have that phrase. In yeah, we do. Australia. We do. Definitely. Okay. I think it's global, um, keeping, that phrase. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it was a different last name, yeah. but yeah, keeping up with the Joneses. And and do I have to have all the things for my baby to be happy? And I'm like, you know what? Your baby needs to be happy. Your baby needs to eat. Um, Your baby and your baby needs to feel safe. Those yeah. are really those are really the only two things, yeah. <laughs> you know. And nine times and, out of ten, he doesn't even he or she doesn't even need to be clean, right? Because <laughs> right, just like love is, uh, is subjective. It's fine, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, there's more we want to do for them, but but really, what it comes down to, they don't care what kind of stroller they're in. They don't care what kind of soap you're using on their hair. Like they don't care. They want to know that they're safe, and they want to know that they're going to get fed when they're hungry. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. And, um, mm. yeah, it's just, um, it's a crazy world we live in, isn't it? These people who mm-hmm. give us a little glimpse, a window into their life, but their life could be so different Yeah, in the whole yeah. of the house. It's, um, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. Definitely. Well, and, and you were talking about, you know, being global and, and having yeah. family members in different parts of the country yeah. or different parts of the world. So if you're, if your family is from some country and there's a whole bunch of customs that are, uh, you know, around the birth of a new baby, but they don't celebrate those customs in the country you're currently living in. You know, how do you recognize How do you kind of get those two things together? How do you coordinate them? Do you want to keep the customs from your parents' country or do you want to integrate them here? Or do you not want to do them? You know, it's, it's a lot of information to have to try and figure out and plan and decide what you want to do while at the same time, still trying to figure out how to keep the child alive and what the heck am I doing? And when can I sleep again? You know? Yeah. So Oh, and that is definitely a key question. That is, <laughs> when one. can I sleep again? Yes. So look, um, so, okay. So let's delve into, because um, I want to delve into what you guys actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to sort of ask a few other questions okay. um, about different children and their situations and scenarios potentially. Um, okay. So, what do you guys actually do? I'm going to ask that question. I might as well go simple. No, it's, it, and it really is a good question. So what we do, we are nurses. We are licensed, registered nurses, licensed with the board. We've gone through schooling to get these licenses. We have to do continuing education to maintain these licenses. So I want to start out by saying we are all licensed nurses um, in my company. You're not what just we somebody do, on the corner then that's like you've pulled in it's like they you know you are qualified and know what you're talking about right and we all have worked in the NICU we've worked in postpartum we've worked in you know around the babies um but what we will do is we will come to you so to your home your Airbnb or wherever you are um after you get home from the hospital and 
we'll answer your questions. Number one, we'll try and calm you down. Number two, but we will go through all of the little things, uh, how to bathe the baby. Let's do it all together. We will show you how to do it. We will help you do it. We will answer all your little questions about it. We'll show you the tips and tricks and some of the ways to make it easier on yourself or on the baby. Um, goes in tight. We will, <laughs> we, um, will answer feeding questions. We'll help you with feeding. If your baby came home from the NICU, uh, which is the neonatal intensive care unit. Sometimes there's a extra stress around that because you're used to your baby being on a monitor and someone watching them 24 hours a day. And um, now there's no monitor. And so we have parents that are like, I just stare at them all day to make sure they're breathing. Okay. Well, well this, not- this, that was one of my questions, right? One of my yeah. questions was, yeah. what's the difference, right? If your baby's been in the NICU, right? So special yeah. care because mm-hmm. they've been... Um, and why would babies be in the NICU as such? So they'd be born too early. Mm-hmm. They would yeah, have born maybe too early, not breathing well or having trouble breathing, um, irregular heartbeat or something like that. Or if they're not eating well enough, if they're not eating well okay. enough to, to be gaining weight or something like that, then then they might have to be in the okay. NICU for a bit. Um, but so especially, they would, they would, and how long would they be in the NICU? It really depends. Um, a rule of thumb is that your baby will be in the NICU until their original due date. So the general rule of thumb, they usually go home before that, but could be after, you never know. It's so individualized with each baby. But so 37 weeks of gestation, 37 weeks of being pregnant is actually considered full term. So if your baby was born at, let's say 27 weeks, which is possible, 23 weeks is the earliest at this point that we can keep a baby, you know, alive and thrive. Um, but let's say your baby was born at 27 weeks, all of the, that, you know, development and stuff and growing, they were going to do in your tummy still has to happen. It just has to happen outside. It's going to happen in the NICU. So that baby might be in the NICU for 10 weeks, two and a half months, three months. Yeah. Um, it just depends, depends on what's going on, but but what's some of the difference is that, sorry, carry on. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, what's some of the differences? What do you, what do you need to, wow. So I'd say this question, what are some of the differences with the babies? But then what are the, some of the differences with the parents? What are the, because as a parent that like my baby came out through the Ziploc sunroof as it were so which was like not my choice like I didn't want him to come out that way I wanted to give birth to him naturally right I think there was a bit of a panic regarding my age because I had him when I was 44 I think Uh, there was a bit of a panic around the fact that I'd been he well I was two centimeters dilated for like 12 hours right so Mm. there was and his head got stuck and various different like his head was like you're not getting, I want to come out, but you're not actually moving quick enough for me to come out. Right. So, um, yeah, like it was just knackering. Um, and I didn't want to give him, get him out through the sunroof, but Mm -hmm. I had to, right. I'd been on the go for 12 hours. So, um, yeah. Coming out yep. through the sun and the drugs were great. I have to say, not that I wanted to take any drugs, I have to say. But yeah. um yeah, that epidural when they gave it to me was like I went to sleep, I think, for an hour because I was so yeah, tired. Nice. That's I but, mean, yeah. really, that might be yeah. the ideal way to do it. Not great. So, but yeah. So those babies, the earlier they're born, the more we have to pay attention to the development of their brain. Right. 
and their muscles and their tone and their body and all the things. They come out looking like a full little baby. They're just tiny. They're like this big. They weigh like yeah. a pound, depending on how little they are. Um, but they have all their parts, but those parts aren't fully developed yet. So yeah. for instance, the brain, you know, you and I, we don't have to think about our heart beating. We don't have to think about breathing. We kind of just do it because our brain tells our, our yeah. heart to beat. In those little guys, those connections haven't formed yet. The brain's not telling the heart. Wow. The brain forgets sometimes. <laughs> it forgets to tell it to, to beat, forgets to tell them to breathe. So too many other things it's doing. Yeah, I know. So we have caffeine. Caffeine is actually a drug we use in the NICU. Uh-huh. It's a stimulant. And we use it to stimulate the brain to remember to tell the heart to beat. So wow. um, yeah, so there's things like that 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 we have to do sometimes to help with that development. Now, at the same time, we're trying to make sure, you know, their lungs have to develop. Lungs don't typically develop till toward the end of your pregnancy. So if they come out early, those lungs aren't fully developed yet. They might need some um you know, respiratory support, some oxygen, that kind of stuff. Um, while sometimes we get so focused on that, we need them to eat, we need them to breathe, <laughs> we need their heart to beat. But also their muscles are developing, their joints are developing, their bones are still getting stronger. And the way that we touch them, the way that we move them, the way that they're lying down, those all have an impact on how they're going to develop moving forward. So that that area, it's called the neurodevelopmental um, area of, of babies. And it, that's all a lot of new research coming out. And a lot of the new studies are coming out on those types of things. That's, that's my passion. That's the part I love the most. But do we have to be careful when they, so when they come out of the NICU then, right, do you still Mm -hmm. have to be aware of all of that stuff? Yes, you do. Because oftentimes they'll come home from the NICU still early at 36 weeks or 37 weeks gestation, because they've done all the things we need them to do in the NICU and they could go home. But they still might need a little extra help with feeding. Um, they might need a little extra help with um, their tone and posture, you know, making sure that they have that tummy time. I mean, all babies actually need that tummy time. But when the smaller they are, when they come home or if they've been in the NICU, then yes, there is more more things that we need to be aware of. The other thing is pain. In the NICU, I think the, I think the last study I heard is babies in the NICU endure approximately 10 painful procedures a day in the NICU. And some people will say it's up to 40 because touch, just touching a baby can be perceived as a painful event when they're really, really tiny. So being aware of all of those things. So if your baby's been in the NICU for a long time and has had all these things that are causing stress, um, you need to be aware of that when they come home. So we need to give them extra loving touches to try and offset all of those painful touches that they've had up until now. So yeah, there are, there are things that make them different when they're, when they're little. And like, if you know, right, because we are all a village, right. And, Mm -hmm. um, there are single mums out there that I know have had kids, have, have had children, um, that are babies, right. They're, they're a single parent that I've known I'm friends with or whatever that have had a have had babies right while mm-hmm. still being a single parent and if you know somebody like that and their child has been in the NICU right what can you do for that person what can you do for any new parent really I mean we yeah it, food, it kind of is this, yeah but it is like what what other things can you do yeah so little things so let's 
break this down into two different groups real quick. So if you have a, a parent or a friend of yours that has a baby in the NICU, yeah. okay, it's hard. And this is assuming they have no other children to take care yeah. of. They are trying to go to work, take care of themselves and have to travel to the NICU to see their baby. That is difficult. It can be um, emotionally exhausting as well. There are parents that sometimes if their babies are born very, very early are afraid to come to the NICU. They're afraid to create a bond with that baby in case something happens to the baby. So being just being there to support a NICU parent in whatever way they need emotionally, let them, let them talk about their experience. Let them be honest with you and just listen. You don't, don't gloss over. Don't try to make them feel better. Okay. Don't, don't say the phrases like, yeah, but they're fine for now. Everything looks good. Or like, oh, he'll probably be fine. Well, what if he's not? You know, so listening and saying, this must be really hard for you. I can't even imagine having to do this. How can I help? And maybe you go over and you do dishes for them while they're at the NICU, or maybe, you know, you bring some food and just leave it in the fridge or those kinds of practical things. If they have other children also already, and they have a baby in the NICU, maybe you can babysit the other ones so they can go visit their babies in the NICU, something like that. Um, even the babies, you know, if they're not in the NICU, they're just at home. I I've been doing this for a friend of mine. She just had twins and just going over and hanging out for a few hours. And that way, if one of them cries, I can hold that one for a minute while she goes to the bathroom, you know, or little things like that. You just forget about you're in your pajamas all day. You don't have time to do hair or makeup. You're lucky if you get to brush your teeth. You're lucky if you get to pee a couple times a day, um, getting food shoved down your face. The luxury, right? I think that's so, just uh, that's only just finished for me, so that's always good. Like at seven, <laughs> he goes, "Oh, I don't want to see you on the toilet," and I'm like, "Thank God!" <laughs> and I get some alone time. Exactly, and it's it it really doesn't take a lot to be supportive of one of the, of a new parent, but it takes intention. They are not necessarily going to reach out. I encourage them to. I, I that's one of the things I try and tell people is please ask for help. But a lot of us just are not wired that way. And it's going to be hard for us. And also in today, in the world today, I think you feel as though you're failing if you reach out. And it's it's wrong and it's wrong to feel like that. But with Mm -hmm. everyone on social media, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast, right, was everyone was going, ah, it's okay. Single parenting is fine. I run a business, multi-million dollar business. I've got two kids. I single parent. I'm on my own and it's all great. And I'm going, that's a load of rubbish, right? Because <laughs> yeah. there's no way you can do this on your own, right? Um, and you definitely don't have your kid 24-7 um, right. and and stuff like that, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, but so. it's difficult, right? Because you get made to feel like a failure or that you're not coping because social media goes, well, you should cope. Right, exactly. And I think... I think sometimes it's even worse for single parents because whether you chose to be single or whether you didn't choose to be single, I think people, maybe you feel like, well, now I really have to show people that I can do this. You know, I'm going to, the naysayers and the whatever. So what I would say is if you have a friend who is a, either a single parent, has someone in the NICU, just needs help. Don't just say, Hey, how can I help? <laughs> Cause they're going to say, Oh no, I don't know. It's no, fine. I'm okay. Offer something specific. Say, Hey, may I come over and cook you a meal on Friday? Or, hey, um, may I take your kids, your other kids to the park with my kid for, you know, an hour? Or, hey, can I take your kids to the movies? Or, you know, offer something specific. It's much easier to say yes to that 
then to add something to the brain space. For me, being a mom, the hardest part of being a mom was the brain space, lack of brain space. Like I can't think about anything outside of getting my children fed, getting them out the door to school, whatever it was. Don't make me think of, don't make me answer your question for you, right? But if you offer like, hey, can I pick the kids up from school for you? I'm like, what? Be awesome. Thanks. Much easier for me to say yes than to try to come up with some things that you could maybe do. Uh, And I completely agree with you there. I mean, even in the work situation when somebody goes, oh, how can how can we help you? How can I help you? Right. And you go, Oh God, you put me on the spot. And actually, yeah. at this point in time, I don't need any help. And I really can't think. I haven't got the space yes. to think about it. So yes. yeah, no. Mm-hmm. No, 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 yeah. no. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um mm-hmm. what do we need to do for dads though? Because I mean I know we've we've talked a lot about mums, right? But this mm-hmm. podcast is also about dads, right? And there are yes. single yes. dads out there. You have Absolutely. the children 100% of the time. There are single right. dads out there who unfortunately mm-hmm. have lost their wife through childbirth right. or very other, various mm-hmm. different other tragedies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who have got a, long, a young baby mm-hmm. and they've got to deal with it, right? Um, yeah. What, yeah. How, do you, I mean, okay. I don't know if you get any of those situations, but like... Well, Right. So, so some of the, some of the stuff that we've talked about for moms still applies for dads, you know, be be offering, be empathetic, listen, that kind of stuff. The other thing that I want to mention is that there is more and more evidence that is supporting that there is such a thing as paternal instinct. So I think a lot of times we'll see a, we'll see a single father and we'll be like, oh, you poor dad, you don't know what you're doing. Well, really none of us know what we're doing, (laughs) but Don't, don't just automatically dismiss him as not knowing what he's doing or not having that instinct of being able to figure out what to do because they do men do it's paternal Let's instinct. Google now. Absolutely. They can Google it. Exactly. So or AI it. Or I, oh, oh, that's a whole, <laughs> that's, that's fun. Sometimes there's, that's going to be interesting to keep our eye on. Um, but yeah, so single dads, it really, the same stuff applies. And What I, you know, when we talk about what we do and we come in and we help you, one of the things we're helping you do is to learn your baby, learn about what your baby, what does different sounds mean? What do the different hand signals mean? What does the body language mean? Being able to read your own baby. And I think a lot of people just assume that moms or women are the only people that can do that. Well, I'll tell you, there's women that can't do that. That's just not in their wheelhouse and that's okay. Um, But there are plenty of men that actually can do it and will do it very, very well. So it's, it's really just about being supportive of parents. I think we, you know, whether it's a mom or a dad, it's, it's being supportive of the parents, giving them the tools that they need and the support that they need to do this job. Well, cause we all, it's a, a tough job. It's a tough job for anyone, let alone a single parent for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not a job that you would look in a paper and go, yep, I'll, I'll go for that job. Up. There's no pay. <laughs> There's no pay. Nope. You get hassled every day. You're yeah. clearing up after people, um, dealing with issues, and you're always worrying about stuff, sleepless yeah. nights. I mean, God, if I read that job description, I definitely wouldn't want to do that job. That mm-hmm. would be like, nah, give me something no. that pays me money, that doesn't yes. give me aggro. 
Um, yeah, no, 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 no. That's fair enough. But that's there's good enough. parts to it too, right? Oh, there's there good are. things about like, being a parent. Oh. And that's where, that's where sometimes though, I think as a new parent, you are so overwhelmed and you're so anxious that you don't get to enjoy it enough. No. And you're just worried about everything, every little detail. And if, what if I bathe them wrong? Am I going to damage them forever? You know, okay, let's, yeah. let's, we'll help you. They're let's very flexy. We can do it. <laughs> They're very flexy, believe you me. I've had my son Think fall of off the bed from. once as well, right? He just bounced. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. a great move, and it was only once, right? Um, <laughs> but my God, they can move quick, right? And if anyone has said, oh, I've never had my child fall off a bed, that's rubbish, right? Yeah, like, probably, yeah. They move yeah. quickly, right? You they, think they you're do. folding, you think you're folding washing, and mm-hmm. they're just sitting in the middle of the bed, and then they go, mm-hmm. "Wow, well, we're just going to do a jump off the bed." Yeah, yeah no, no, absolutely, and and every baby is different. And even though you know you can read all the books and you can listen to the the doctors and all the things, and they'll say, "Oh, the babies will probably start rolling over around," you know, whatever, two months. But there's always babies that do it at one month. Then there are freak occurrences. But what if yours is the freak occurrence? You, you yeah, you. My son you, hated like tummy time. He hated it. He oh, just laid baby. on the floor with his head on the ground, didn't lift it off, <laughs> and screamed. Screamed, right? I kept trying tummy time with him. He hated it. He was like, "Why yeah. am I doing this? Why are you turning me, <laughs> facing me to the floor?" And he just lay there screaming, and never, never, never thought to look up and like look around, that's, right? And you, well, I'm it, trying it, to distract so him. That's and yeah. He's that's... Like he's a nightmare, right? Love him, love him, <laughs> but like, and then he decided. Nah, I'm not going to do this crawling malarkey. Nah, I'm just going to get straight off my bum and walk. And that's yeah. what he did. Walked that's... around the furniture, got got a bit confident, and then off he went, right? No crawling, mm-hmm. no preparing, mummy. Just like, yeah. right, we're just going to go for it. We're just going to go. And that's that's the problem yeah. is they're all so they're all different. So different. And yeah. little quirks and little things. And it's, it's all about getting to know your own kid and what they yeah. need and what they want and what they like yeah. and don't like. And, and they know, and they know from the beginning, I will tell you these little 26 week old babies that are delivered in the NICU, they have, they have attitude. They have personality already at that age. I love oh, yeah. it. It's my favorite thing, but they have it already. Yeah. So yeah, they're just so different. Yeah. So different. No, it, it, like I do paint <laughs> a depressing picture with kids, but like it is amazing. Like my, I wouldn't be without my son. He is an amazing kid and um yeah there are times where I look at him and go wow how did I produce that and then there are other times mm-hmm. where I look at him and go please shut up please don't make another sound because <laughs> mummy's had a hard day and I uh-huh. don't think I can negotiate whether uh-huh. you want a bit of chocolate or not right so uh-huh. it's just like draining and but and both of those yeah. are true both can be true at yeah. the same time and that's why I tell and, people don't use the word but don't say I love my kid, but it's so hard. No, both of them are true. You love your kid and it's so hard. And yeah. that's parenthood, unfortunately. And that's my mum, who's 71, would probably still say it's bloody hard with mm-hmm. me and my brother um, <laughs> at the age we are at. So right. she would still say, no, it's hard. You're always worrying about them. It's sleepless nights, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any easier even when we leave home. So um, no, it just yeah. changes a little bit. Yeah. It gets different, no. but. But yeah. So where can people contact you if they want to actually get your help? And like, I'm in Australia, right? So it's a bit Mm -hmm. far to come where you are. Mm -hmm. But 
is there anything that you can actually offer to help us people in other countries? Do you, have you got any like mm-hmm. thing on your yeah. website or do you do online stuff? Can we just call out to you and go, you need to set up a helpline, I think. I know. <laughs> get a 24-hour 24 24-hour helpline so we can just find, obviously not you manning it all the time, right, because that would be tiring. But, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'll shut is, up. Where, where, that is where on the list. That's on the list. The 24-hour hotline is, I'm glad you brought it up. It's on the list. We'll get there eventually. <sighs> but right now, website's the best way. So our right. web address is babystepsnursing.com. There is an inquire uh, or inquiry tab on there somewhere. Yeah. You can shoot us a message, shoot us questions. You can you know tell us you want to meet, whatever it is. If you have the means and you want us to come in person, we are able to go anywhere in the world. We, you know, um, depending on what we're doing, if we are doing actual nursing things, if you have a baby that has a medical need that can only be done in the United States, I think. But, uh, if we're helping with the newborn education stuff, we can do that anywhere in the world. Yeah. Because that's because you're registered in the States, aren't you? So you're not actually, there's no global registration of nurses. Right. There's not. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. And there should be. Yeah. You never know. You You never know. Um, so the other option would be to do like a zoom. Uh, we could do a, a zoom session if, if, uh, you wanted to set up a camera over the bathtub and we could kind of talk through it and walk through it. That's less ideal. There's just, this is one of those things that hands-on really is just so much better. However, if that's not feasible, but you still want somebody to kind of give you some tips and tricks and that kind of stuff, Zoom or a phone call is absolutely, you know, something that's acceptable. We are also in the works creating some online videos um, that we'll try and put up some short kind of short bits and pieces of how to bathe, some of the tips and tips and tricks and how to, you know, swaddle and how to do some of those other things. So those are, we've got some stuff that's coming up um, to try and make it more accessible and try to give people some more resources. But um, so you can always send a question through the website, or if you wanted to meet with us, you know, send that through the website as well. Yeah. And you're always happy to speak to people when just like have a conversation with somebody and just say, Hey, yeah, no, let's have an initial conversation and, and see what we can do. Um, You need to franchise this. Franchise it. Get it over here. Franchise it. (laughs) Pack it over the water. Send it to Europe. We all need help. Let's face it. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'd love to come to Australia. Yeah, it's, and you know, I do have, um, you know, I want to take over the world. We'll see, but you got to start somewhere. So I know, like, Baby steps, basically. Baby steps. Baby steps. That's really, that's so no, saying. that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. So look, um, well, final question. Because yeah. thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Mm-hmm. It's really um well, it's really been good for me to go back and go back to I'm that time really. and remember that time when my son was sweet, cute, and um you could give him a <laughs> strawberry and he was happy. Um right. so but like um what would be a piece of advice that you've been given that you sort of still use or give to people today? There are so many of them, but I actually, I'm going to use this. I heard a quote yesterday um, from an actor. It was Jason Bateman. I don't know if you're familiar with Jason Bateman. Yeah, God, yeah. Sorry, okay. I said that too keenly. Um, <laughs> yes, I know him. The facial expression also added. I know no one yeah, else can no, see. Yeah, no, but nobody will but, see um, that, so no. that's okay. <laughs> on that. I'm with you. We're good. We're on the same page here. But anyway, he he 
said something um, I heard the other day that really, I think also applies very much to what we're doing. And here's the quote. It is confidence comes on the back of accomplishment. So we don't need to go into parenthood confident. It, you can't be confident going into parenthood. You can't be uh, prepared enough. But com- confidence builds as you are doing things and as you see that you are able to do things. So that really is what we're all about is we are there to support you while you are learning to gain that confidence. We are there to help you help the baby, help the parents, help everybody get through the first, you know, week or two weeks and and get, make it to the other side and see like, okay, you know what? I can do this. I I know I'll be able to do it. Yeah. No, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything that you do um Mm -hmm. for people with babies for what you've done Mm -hmm. in the NICU the postnatal stuff like it is so important um Mm -hmm. they are really cute as well these little babies but it is really important too um love them love them maternal again um (laughs) but um but no that's something I, I can remember those late nights teething yeah it's rough. Two, three it's hours rough. trying to get him to sleep. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go back there. But it did like the nice bits feel nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. <laughs> and we'll always have those pictures yeah. and memories. Yay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, but... thank you for everything you do, though, because it is crucial that we give these kids um, a good start in life. Um, they don't ask to be born. We want them. So, right. like, you know. Right. We need to like yeah. give them a good start and then like, you know, get them through life as best we can because it is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you mm-hmm. are, whether you're Jason yes. Bateman or 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 <laughs> me, right? It doesn't yes. matter. It's a roller coaster. Um yes. and um and it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. You as well. The time has flown by. And thank you for for being the voice of single parents and and the difficulties with that and and giving you know more resources and more support because it's i mean we all need to we all need to stick together more more so than i think we are right now yeah so yeah thank you so much i appreciate it's not about them and us (laughs) yeah it's like yeah it's a we're just human beings at the end of the day let's try and get through life as easily as we can as happily as we can hopefully exactly yep have some fun along the way yeah all right cool thank you claire this has been great Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, 
and you've been listening to the Strong Single and Human podcast.